Hi there, I'm Daniel Eccles, and welcome to the Opportunity Collective, a collaborative network for emerging leaders dedicated to creating new opportunities for ourselves, and more importantly, for others. We believe that collaboration is greater than competition when it comes to creating opportunities and making an impact on our community. Each episode of this podcast will feature insights and advice from successful leaders who have created opportunities in their own lives. These folks have built their platforms, impacted their communities, and created opportunities for themselves, and like I said, more importantly, for others. Let's delve into their journeys, uncovering key lessons and repeatable actions to apply to your personal and professional development. So hey, join us today and let's start collaborating with other emerging leaders to start creating opportunities here at the Opportunity Collective. So there's some things that you need to be aware of as we change from the Learned Opportunity Podcast to the Opportunity Collective. So here's some things that you should know. There's going to be two podcast episodes a month starting in May with proven leaders who have successfully created opportunities, increased their influence, and impacted their communities. These people are going to be great and they're going to help you and collaborate with you to help you get going on whatever it is that you are passionate about and create opportunities instead of just waiting for something to happen. This podcast, though, is only one small piece of a greater network of emerging leaders. As an official opportunist, a member of the Opportunity Collective, you'll have access to so much more in addition to this podcast. You'll also receive exclusive content such as an opportunist exclusive podcast featuring other collective members who are building their platforms in real time. You'll also get resources based on personal and professional development best practices connected with every episode of the Opportunity Collective. And you'll also get opportunities to build relationships with other emerging leaders so that you can get collaborating and start achieving your goals. I mean, that's the best thing I think to the Opportunity Collective is networking and collaborating with all of these other emerging leaders. So I encourage you to become an opportunist and you can do that by following the link in the show notes. Uh, We have some really exciting things coming down the line. But until May, here is a bonus episode. I had the opportunity to come on a brand new podcast. You're going to love it. It's hosted by actually a member of the Opportunity Collective. His name is Joel Sigrist. And Joel and Jesse, their brothers, they host the Becoming Ourselves podcast. It's a work in progress podcast is the subtitle. I love that. I chat with Joel and Jesse about using self-reflection to create more opportunities in your life and career. So make sure that you follow Joel and Jesse's podcast. It's once again, Becoming Ourselves, a work in progress podcast. Uh, You can find that podcast in the show notes as well. And don't forget also to become an official member of the Opportunity Collective, an opportunist, by clicking the link in the show notes. You'll have opportunities to collaborate with great people just like Joel. So enjoy this episode of Becoming Ourselves. And you know, doesn't this just all sound easy? Like, it's, it sounds so easy. Like, oh, just just reflect a little bit more, and, <laughs> and then you'll get the more opportunity. But it's those sort of things aren't easy because it's just not sexy. Uh, we want opportunity to be this big sexy thing that just comes around the corner, and we're like, yes, please, I'll take one of those. Welcome to Becoming Ourselves, a work in progress podcast, where we explore how to become healthy, wealthy, and wise. This podcast is for young adults who are, like us, navigating this adult adolescence of self-discovery and personal growth. I'm Jesse Sigrist, and every week, my brother Joel and I will bring on guests to talk about new perspectives on living a fulfilling life and developing skills along the way. From overcoming obstacles to setting achievable goals, we explore topics that are relevant to all young adults who are discovering their place in the world. Maya Angelou defined success as liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. We often feature guests who exemplify this success, 
and lead lives that are healthy, wealthy, and wise. These guests will often have expertise in fields such as finance, relationships, careers, or mental and physical health. Our goal is to inspire and challenge both our listeners and each other to become the best versions of ourselves. Feel free to text us at 503-893-2664 to share your own experiences and be part of the conversation. We'll always reply. Let's embark on this journey of becoming ourselves together. Great. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. Um, We really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's really uh, good to see you again, Joel and Jesse. Nice to meet you officially. It's good to meet you, Daniel. Thanks for hopping on. (laughs) Great. Okay. So Daniel uh, is a certified career counselor. You are the owner of Learned Opportunity LLC. You also are the host of the Learned Opportunity podcast, which streams pretty much everywhere. I would highly recommend it for people that haven't listened to it in uh in the past uh they have me as one of the guests so i'm partial to that episode (laughs) but there's a lot of really good ones uh daniel currently lives with his wife in indianapolis uh where he practices career consulting as a national career development association certified career counselor uh that's kind of a mouthful there yeah really yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Daniel writes, speaks, and produces content for personal and professional leadership development. Daniel, do you want to say anything in your own words to add on that or to expand on that? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I just like personal professional development. I'll call myself a personal professional development nerd. Um, I am a certified career counselor, but uh, basically anything where we can learn and grow and create more opportunities for ourselves um, that's where I like to be and, and the kind of work that I like to do. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, certainly personal professional development is the way that we originally got connected to through when you were a career counselor at George Fox, I was, uh, one of your students and came and talked to you about resumes and graduation and all that good stuff too. So yeah. Yeah. Excited to have you on. Yes. One, one of the all-star students too. Yeah. The, the <laughs> ones that uh, are like, all right, this one's going places. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, as I'm sitting here in a career, career transition, unemployed, it's always nice to hear yeah. that. <laughs> going places. <laughs> I didn't say where. So Daniel, <laughs> one of the things that you talk about a lot publicly and a lot on your, uh, different social media platforms and on your website, and certainly on the learned opportunity podcast is, opportunity. Um, and I want to hear you talk about why does opportunity matter and how do you think about opportunity kind of from a personal standpoint, a professional standpoint, and even a relational standpoint, opportunity can mean a lot of things. So I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. I mean, this question was making me think, why the heck do I even care about opportunity? What, what was the driving force or the story behind that? Where did I land on this word as the thing that I want to focus on or think about and talk to other people about all the time? Uh, I think it comes down to being somebody that was told uh, throughout growing up in the church, uh, youth group, uh, all these sort of youth leadership events, um, that Daniel, you're, you're a leader. You are going to go do great things, really big, wonderful things. And, um, and I really identified with the people that, that told me those things. Uh, and then there gets a point where you go through college and then you graduate and, uh, it doesn't feel like a matchup for what all these wonderful people say about your leadership capabilities and all these things and that you matter and that, uh, your voice that are going to make a difference in the world. And then nobody cares. You just graduated from college <laughs> and, uh, it's just like, what the heck? Uh, something isn't, isn't lining up here. Um, and I think I, I really found myself being cynical in that time period, uh, immediately following college where I'm like, you know, I was told that I'm a leader. I, I expect a little bit more from my life right now than what it is. I'm in student loan debt. I am not necessarily in a career. I'm doing just part-time work. Even though I'm enjoying that part-time work, I would love to be, you know, making more than what I'm making right now and doing big things and being a world changer and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what? What I probably need and want is more opportunity. I'm just not getting enough opportunity right now. Um, And, you know, I don't know if I had the best attitude back then. 
uh, <laughs> or really uh, was thinking correctly. Uh, but it, I just noticed that it's easy, especially for emerging leaders to get into this mindset and this idea that, um, you know, there's just not probably not as much opportunity as there used to be. Uh, and if only I would just be given a break, if only I would be given an opportunity, then I would, you know, make it, I would, I would get to that next step. Um, but it really doesn't work like that. As you're talking about through this podcast, it's, it's a formational experience <laughs> and, uh, you know, they weren't talking to me uh, as a youth leader and saying, you know, Daniel, we see your leadership and you can claim that right now. No, they were seeing who Daniel would eventually turn into and be formed into if he continued along that same path but it just takes years it takes experiences and it it, it takes formational practice in order to to get there um so i'm i'm starting to rethink this word opportunity um and i'm wanting it still very much for myself um but i'm noticing that it's less something that i need to just wait and be cynical about and like, oh, um, somebody will hand it to me. And it's something that I can learn to create for myself. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, I think as like going up through college and like especially high school before that, it can very much feel like a big fish in a small pond sort of a thing that like your whole world in like for me going to George Fox University, right? There's, you know, maybe 4,000 students uh, at the whole school. And so for me, it's like, oh yeah, this is my whole world. There's like 4,000 people that I have to win over and, you know, that I'm, you know, kind of competing for, for different opportunities and right. those sorts of things. And so it is, there are a lot of opportunities there because you know, a lot of people aren't aren't trying for those. And it's kind of, there's not, there's not that intense competition. You're never applying for something on campus that gets 2000 applications, right? Like you're never, you're never running into something like that, but then you graduate and you get into the real world and it's very different, right? Uh, real world. I hesitate to use that term because college is the real world, but you get out of like that college <laughs> bubble, um, and into the world beyond yeah. and, and you, it's different. It's so different because you're not suddenly in this small space where you know everyone and everyone's looking out for you and everyone's got your back. Suddenly there's, it's this giant pond that you're in. It's this, it's this ocean of opportunities and, and it's hard to stand out. And, and also when you're applying for entry level jobs, people aren't looking for leadership the same way they're looking for, no, I need someone to come in and, and, and listen to what I'm telling them to do and to do it. And it's not, I'm not worried about their leadership abilities the same way I'm worried about, are they able to do the job in front of yeah. them? <laughs> Can you actually do it? I need you to just do something. Just like press the button. I don't need you to lead a whole team to press this button. Just press the button, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. You're very smart and great and wonderful, but can you please just do your job? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little ironic because you really want those people down the line. You want them to mature into leaders, but that's not the person you're hiring for the entry level job. So there's kind of a two way street there where they're they're hoping for you long term, but right off the bat, it doesn't really align with what you're what you're always told as a child and what you're hearing in these youth group situations and everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that it kind of comes down to um, opportunity. We view it a lot of times in in just one section of the equation. So opportunity, I always define it as it's both options plus values. So your dreams, uh, the things that you care about, that is what equals opportunity. So we can get really heavily on one side of this equation and see like the values, the things I care about, leadership and wanting to you know hit these big virtues and things like that. But those might not be options yet for you. you now, your options are what resources are in front of you right now? What can you do? What skill sets do you have? And it's not really an opportunity if you don't have the resources to back it up, if you don't have options right now to actually go after those things that you're valuing. So it takes both of those. If you're missing one, you're missing opportunity. If you don't have anything that you mm -hmm. care about, but you're really resourced, well, you're not going to 
find opportunity, you're just going to be presented with a lot of options of different directions that you could go. And just because it's an option doesn't mean that it's an opportunity. Yeah, I think as I'm, you know, as I'm looking at jobs right now, and as I'm like going through that process, there's um, people that I know and people that, you know, are looking out for me and have sent me positions and, and have sent me positions, some of which I'm, I'm very qualified for and have been great. And some of them have been positions where I'm like, oh, I don't have 17 years of executive experience to apply to this role. Like this isn't even though it's, it's like it is a job that's hiring, it is something that's theoretically ava available, like I don't have have the the value add there i don't have the um kind of this skill set to actually take advantage of that opportunity and so it's kind of it's not actually an opportunity there mm -hmm. exactly yeah i mean even though they do see very much your potential and that is the level in which you are being formed into if you continue in the way that you're going so yeah there's a there's a lot about opportunity that is less in the moment and it is more a, a long game of just practicing the small things and doing it well. And then over time, that compiling together to create that opportunity and you end up there. Uh, but a lot of times we, we see it more as just like, this gonna be this huge event that is my big break that is just going to, to happen. And, and that's just not how it works. I mean, maybe in Hollywood, but not. <laughs> Not for a 23-year-old. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I often hear opportunity as like a quick door opening. Mm -hmm. And if you don't jump on that right away, it's going to close right away. And it almost feels like there's just this one bottleneck, one focal point. But I really like that long-term view and long-term approach toward opportunity to show how it is a long game. And it is a, especially based on a career, you know, it's over a period of years and it's not usually just one switch that that makes everything work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is just a long game, and and sometimes it might it, it might be uh, one thing that just all of a sudden happens. Sometimes we're granted mercy and and grace beyond what we deserve, and it doesn't necessarily match where we're at right now. Um, but that is only also coming from people that do know your skill set that do know your resources and and know you very well at times in connections that's that's what creates options so it's still both sides of that equation even if it is a big break yeah it's it kind of reminds me of just as you're talking about this it reminds me of you build your own luck that it's not it, it's it doesn't just come to you on accident it doesn't just happen on a whim someday like you it takes you have to be ready for it like if if the door opens before you've prepared the skills if the door opens and all you've been doing is you know hanging out waiting for a door to open then you're not able to actually take advantage of it there's nothing there's nothing there for you to kind of jump on you're not you have to become the right person um for when that door opens and and then you can actually take advantage of them yeah exactly yeah. Um, so you mentioned just kind of in your last thing about like, um, sometimes, sometimes people will extend, it kind of extend some grace to you extend an option or, or they're able to see something in you that maybe you haven't, maybe it's not on your resume yet, but, but people are able to see it in you. How do you think about networking as it relates to opportunity and kind of, um, it's who, you know, that matters more than what, you know, how do you think about that kind of balance there? Right. I, I see it. I mean, a lot lately as collaboration and working together. Um, that's what I've been enjoying about these podcasts. I mean, you come on mine, I come on yours. I mean, it's, yeah. it's working together and it's both things that we care about, but it's creating opportunity uh, for one another. Um, and it's really hard to just create opportunity uh, on an island, uh, siloed off away from other people. Um, and so if you are all the time just focused on creating opportunity just for yourself, uh, that's probably a, a lower rung on the ladder of like an opportunity mindset of just, you know, those people that go to a networking event and they'll tell you all about them, but they won't ask you a single question. They won't care really about what it is that you're excited about. 
Um, they're just the ones that are going to hand you their business card right away and try to make the sale and are standing over there next to the refreshments. And you don't want to go over the refreshments because this person's going to talk to you and, oh my goodness, that's a nightmare. <laughs> and that's, that's not going to get that person a lot of opportunities um, at all. But the, the people that get the opportunities through networking are the ones that are looking to help you with with your opportunities first, um, are wanting to hear what you're excited about and how can I, with the skill set and the options that I possess right now, share those options and resources with you and help you accomplish that of what you value. And a lot of times it's reciprocal. You ask someone about them and they usually will ask right back and they might have some gifts and talents and resources and options that you do not possess right then. And that speeds up this opportunity process. Because if it's options plus values and you don't have those options, you can meet someone that values the same thing as you and has the options to share. And that can speed up the process and get you in the doors and places that you might not have gotten to just by yourself and waiting and training by yourself for doing whatever it is that you need to do. So um, that's kind of more of how I've been viewing my networking or making connections or or things like that. Um, and, but then also another thing is uh, I've been viewing podcasting. It's not that I have a huge listenership. It's not that I have a, a huge influence <laughs> on a lot of people. I mean, uh, I don't. But it, the benefit of this has been practicing just listening to other people's stories, learning how to ask good questions, and just sitting down to talk to people that I'm actually interested in and taking the time to do that. Uh, and you don't have to record it, but everyone would benefit from seeing themselves as having their own personal podcast. Yeah, you know, go out and who are you interested in? What questions are you interested in asking them uh, about what it is that they're doing? And uh, just go to a coffee shop and record your own, your own podcast in your head and talk to that person. That's essentially that's just networking and, and how I would recommend a, a listener would, would do that or go about it. I think it's a better way than kind of like the business tender of just like sending out LinkedIn requests and passing out business cards. And you've no idea. Like I've been running into this also where like I run into people where I'm their first connection on LinkedIn, right? We're connected. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. I don't recognize yeah. their name. I couldn't tell you a thing about them. I like if you asked for a connection with them, I would have to go read their profile and then essentially cold call them to like provide a connection because they don't know me any more than I know them. Right. And it's the sort of thing where like that's not really providing anything to anything to me or to them. Right. It's instead it's the people that know that I'm willing to have them come on my podcast. I, I want to go on their podcast. I want to talk to them about things that like, I know what's going on in their lives. I know the sorts of things that they're pursuing. Those are the relationships that, that you're going to get the opportunities from. It's not going to be people that you, <laughs> that you sent out a spam request to and they hit yes. Like it's different <laughs> without an introduction message or anything. And Exactly. Or the ones that are an introduction message are, are just trying to sell you something. But uh, did you know that there actually was a Tinder for networking? Uh, I oh, yeah, there was a, an app. I remember actually while I was at George Fox and they just sort of finding this app and trying it out to see if it would be beneficial for students. It wasn't. And that's why you haven't heard of it. <laughs> but you literally swipe right or left yeah. and like to connect with people. <laughs> Whoa, that sounds horrifying Whoa. to me, <laughs> man. What's the name Can't of it? I kind of want to poke around and hey, see I it. have no recollection of what the name was. That's how worthless this this app was in that experience. Oh, I maybe connected with one person, and immediately it was just like, yeah, that they're not really a good fit for <laughs> for what <laughs> for what for what I'm going to. So I ghosted them uh, in true Tinder style. So. <laughs> True mm -hmm. Tinder style you have to, yeah. That kind of, I, I, I think that's the sort of thing that in theory is an interesting idea, but in practice is going to draw mostly people that I'm not trying to build a substantive connection mm -hmm. with, that really most of the people that I'm going to run into on that are trying to sell me something or 
want me to join their MLM. <laughs> and I'm not interested in that. If you really want to, you could work for yourself, you know? I mean, <laughs> Man, did you know I could make like $2,000 a week working from home? <laughs> wow, that sounds great. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I love it. Um, so, are there, like, as we're talking about opportunities and, and seeing the difference between a substantive relationship where you actually, you know, you get to know the person, you get to know their story a little bit versus someone that you've swiped right on LinkedIn. Um, how do you kind of evaluate opportunities uh, and how worthwhile they are? It's, yeah, that's hard. Um, I think there's no magic bullet or formula for like, this is, you know, plug this into a spreadsheet and uh, this score will turn out that this is an opportunity if it's an eight and above. And if it's an eight and below, then uh, that's not an opportunity. It's just an option. Uh, but there are some different tools that I, I usually use in conjunction with one another. And most of them will be focused on either one side of that equation, uh, whichever side you might be having a more difficult time with. Usually, you know, like, oh, this is something I really value, but I don't know if I can go for it. So then you need to to look at the options to see if it's a match with the values. Or uh, a lot of times it's just like, oh, I know I really value this, but I don't know what my options are. So you need to look into the different skill sets and, and try to figure out uh, what could get me to that line of the value. So there are definitely different things that I might use depending on the situation. Um, I've used a lot of like a decision matrix before um, to look at two options and compare them to one another to see which one would be more of a match towards my values. And a decision matrix is just a table where you, you put decision A, decision B, and uh, you put pros, you put cons, and you weight them. And you'll get a, a score at the end. So like, uh, this is a pro for me on this side, and it's a five. Uh, this is a pro over here, uh, but it's only a, a two. It's not really as big of a pro and then all oh, these as con but it's not as high it's a, maybe a negative one so, uh or man that's a really huh, i wouldn't want this if i make this decision so that's a negative four um, and then you see your score at the end whether one option is positive or, or more than the other option and that's been useful on a couple of occasions for me um so i save that a lot um and then also uh, a lot of these other assessments uh, practices um, to see what it is that you actually value um, in a supervisor in a teammate um, in in just a a career environment specifically or value uh, as a mission for yourself and there's a lot of assessments and stuff out there for that but most of the time um, it's really I think that the the real kicker is time for reflection and and not just mm -hmm reacting, uh, but taking a step back uh, to reflect on the things that you've already done and then uh, taking that reflection and responding to whatever it is that's in front of you instead of what we usually do, which is just a, a natural gut. I'm emotionally going to react to this option because I don't know, it might not be here. It might not you know, and then you get into something that uh, might not actually been an opportunity. It was just an option, but out of fear, out of anxiety, you ended up, you know, taking it anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's easy to, it's easy to be reactive, right? It's hard to be mm -hmm. reflective. One of the things that I've been thinking about and talking with people recently about is the idea of like trial and error that we go through trial and error in life, but a really important part of that kind of feedback cycle of trial and error is the reflection part to actually know what the error was that like if you try things and it doesn't work like is it because you tried the wrong thing is it because you tried it in the wrong way mm -hmm. is it because you tried the right thing but you actually it's not the right thing for you you hate doing it or like what actually is it about that that you can learn from and kind of move forward with yeah and you know doesn't this just all sound easy to like, it sounds so easy. Like, oh, just just reflect a little bit more, yeah. and, and then you'll get the more opportunity. But it's those sort of things aren't easy because it's just not sexy. 
Uh, We want opportunity to be this big, sexy thing that just comes around the corner and we're like, yes, please, I'll take one of those. Um, But it's just taking the, the small little steps of at the end of your day, writing in a journal, asking yourself two, three questions. What am I grateful for? from today? What's something that uh, I missed the mark or I failed in? What are some things that are on my mind or whatever questions that you come up with? Um, Being consistent in that on the long stretch will create the opportunity, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just not the the sexy fun thing to do uh, or seem like uh, uh, the answer needs to be something big and bold, but it's, it's not. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts or questions, Text us at 503-893-2664. Now, back to the show. So I, I was really interested in what you said, said there about, you know, it, it's not really sexy to, to be reflective and whatnot. I was also thinking about kind of improving ourselves and building up skills. What would be some good steps toward developing the skill of reflecting on things? And, and you know, it's not just about time, but what are you actually doing there? Yeah. Uh, it's just doing it. <laughs> I mean, that's the, <laughs> right. On. How do, how do, uh, I mean, anything that we're thinking about when it becomes like a formation practice, um, if you're wanting to become a more grateful person, what is it that a grateful person does? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're wanting to become a more reflective person, think of somebody in your head that is more reflective. Uh, what is it that they do during their day? Um, and identifying with that and saying like, no, I, I'm going to be a more grateful person. I am a more grateful person. So therefore you're more likely to do the things a grateful person would do because you're identifying with that, uh, to your core rather than, oh, I'd really like to, to journal, uh, a little bit more during my week, but that doesn't necessarily get to that point. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that you could probably do to grow in your reflective skills, uh, but it is just getting more reps in there. Um, I'm not doing great with it, honestly. Um, I'm, I'm not perfect at it. I have three questions that I would love to ask myself every night and journal. And it looks like this journal looks like, oh, January 5th through 12th, uh, slight break, January 25th to February 4th. Uh, whoops, uh, not there yet, but, uh, I always keep coming back because it's more about that is who I want to be. than I need to hit the mark every single time. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's just as many reps as you can get in. That's great. If you are reflective two times in a month, you were reflective and more than, <laughs> than you weren't. So, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think in atomic habits, it's the difference between, um, saying I need to run five times a week or I'm a runner. And the person that says that I'm a runner, if they run four, but they really meant to run five, they're still a runner because they ran four and they're more likely to then go on and, and run five the next week. Um, than the person that it's just, no, I messed up and I'm, I'm not going to continue to do that. So I don't know if that is the answer that is correct or what you're looking for, but that that's just, no, that's got a lot of, got a lot of really good gold in there. Kind of, you know, find almost a, almost a mentor in that skill or a role model to, to do a little bit of a copycat of, and then start practicing those things, putting them into, into implementation and then having a, a gracious mindset to your, towards yourself. Right. Always super important to say, um, you know, don't frame it as, oh, I slipped up and didn't journal today, but rather I journaled a couple times this week and it was really good. Or I journaled once or whatever yeah. and, and find the good in it and be like, kind of like you said earlier, a little bit of grace and mercy will, will go a long way. Sometimes, yeah, for so. sure. For sure. I mean, either way, um, I just love thinking about that from the long, the long run of who am I being formed into and being intentional about that and setting a goal of the, the people that I, I want to be like and the man that I want to become. Um, and if I don't do that, it doesn't matter. I'm still being formed into something whether I know it or not. So mm-hmm. uh, taking the time to, to think about that of who do I want to be, what kind of a man, what kind of a woman do I want to be, um, who, and, and, and just doing that makes a, a really big difference, I think, towards finding opportunity.
Yeah, I like it. And I think it's I think the most important piece that you put in there was the piece about like being gracious to yourself because I'm someone that likes to likes to uh likes to say that I'm a reflective person. I don't always like the process of being reflective because it's not fun. The point of it is that it's not fun, right? Um but it's just like, you know, it's clearing the cobwebs in the mind, right? It's like going back through and like figuring out, no, what did what did we learn from this? And I think it's easy to, like you're saying, journal for a week and a half or journal for a month straight even, and then miss a couple days and be like, oh, I guess I'm not a journaler. I guess that's not the person that I am. And then kind of put it on hold for, in my case, I've put things on hold for two months, six months, a couple of years yeah. at a time. And then been like, man, I, I want to be doing this. I wish that I did this more. Um, and I need to come back and know I should be meditating regularly. I should be keeping a journal regularly. And even if regularly means twice a month, that's, that's okay. It's better than zero times a month. Well, and, and each I think time it's, that's it's a wonderful, kind of... each time that's a wonderful moment to celebrate too. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you uh, remembered that that's who you want to be. You could have <laughs> not remembered, yeah. you could have gone a couple more years and not remembered it, but you remembered it in that moment. So yippee, let's, let's do it. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, and, and not taking that as like a, dang it, I messed up. I failed. Uh, you know, it's been two months. I might as well not do it. It's just like, ah, oh, yes, good. I remembered maybe a month earlier than what I might have. So <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> so, yeah. And not just that, like you remembered and then you chose to act on it. Right. Cause there's mm -hmm. other times that I remember and I'm like, man, I want to be a reflective person. Maybe I'll like journal at lunch today. And then it gets to lunchtime and I'm like, I'm going to throw on Netflix instead because I don't feel like it. Right. And it's, and it's remembering and also following through on that decision is, yeah. is it's really a thing to celebrate. It's not easy to do all the time. Yeah. I do want to say, um, though, like, we're I feel... getting a lot into oh, like self-talk and the way that we kind of talk about it ourselves. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Daniel. It reminds me of, I had a teacher in high school. Um, he was a strength training coach and he would often say, you talk to yourself more than you, more than anyone else in the world. Talk to yourself in a kind way. And when I was 17, I thought he was so full of it. I was like, you <laughs> think you're so cool, like spouting this off all the time. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I talk to myself a lot. Whatever, dude. And like now with a few years between that and where I'm at today, I'm like, you know, I think he was on to something there. I think I don't remember his name, but I would apologize to him if I could. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason i just thought of like that office moment where uh jim is like acting like he's really hating on himself in front of andy and he's just like you know jim stop talking to my friend tuna that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um it's a Brene brown says uh she says talk to yourself like it's someone you love because it is and I, I always think that's like a cool reminder too. There's there's a lot of ways to frame it, but the core of it is when you mess up, it's okay. Like be, go easy on yourself and pick yourself up again. It, it doesn't help to, mm -hmm. to beat yourself up and tear yourself down from that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and then um, I always find I hear that advice and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad about being mean <laughs> to myself. It's like, wait, that's not quite the objective there. So even that kind of brings some of those same things. But You're getting caught in that. No, it's cycle. always a process. <laughs> yep, yep. But always a process to, to keep working on that and, and be a little bit more gentle the next time, right? Remember, that's, that's who you want to be and keep working on that. I applied to a job the other day and yeah. I got an automated email that said, thanks for the application. You know, we're reviewing it. We'll get back to you when we're able. And then I immediately got a follow-up email that said, please give us feedback on our like application process. We know you're still early in it. We know you haven't really gone through it yet, but like, what do you think? And within 15 minutes of getting like that email, they sent me a no, a no reply rejection where it's just like, nope, we've gone in a different direction. And I was like, <laughs> what on earth are we doing right here? Like you send me an email that's like, Hey, we know we haven't seen it yet. We know we haven't looked at it. You haven't heard anything. Like, just let us know what you've thought so far. Also, you didn't get it. Like, <laughs> you haven't looked at it at all, but 
Uh, can you send me that link again after the rejection? I have a couple more things I'd like to say. <laughs> yeah, so I like hadn't responded to it yet because I was like, I don't, I don't have anything to say. I haven't heard anything. And then as soon as I got the rejection, I was like, okay, I've got some things to say. Like, <laughs> I don't really believe that anybody looked at this. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Can I ask you about limiting beliefs? That's that's where I want to transition to. Yeah. I kind of want to hear you talking about uh, the way that we all have limiting beliefs, right? That's not something to, to shame any individual for. But as we think about limiting beliefs, can you talk briefly about just what they are and, and how they kind of um, influence our interactions with opportunity? Yeah, I, just to go back to my own story of... Oh, yeah of going uh, from college graduation. And then I started thinking these things and having some cynical thoughts about how the world was and there wasn't as much opportunity as there used to be. And um, people just weren't giving me the leadership opportunities that I was looking for. And uh, I was misunderstood and all these other things. Uh, a lot of that was uh, a mindset uh, and uh, a limiting belief is what I would call it. Um, and these are, are definitely things that are going to pre prevent uh, opportunity. I would say it's actually probably the biggest villain when it comes to finding opportunities and creating them. It's your limiting beliefs and your mindset. When I asked people a little bit about what they felt was uh, a key contributor to why they weren't getting as much opportunity as they maybe want, um, the answers were usually like, oh, I don't you know, know what I want. So my values, or I uh, don't have the resources to go after your options. But then there was a third one as well. That was, oh, I just don't really believe that there's opportunity for me. I, I don't, I, I have some things with my mindset that uh, are preventing me from really wanting to go out there and put myself out there and, and believe that I can create opportunities. Um, and so that all comes back to just uh, your thoughts are things that you can actually change that you are able to control what you are thinking about. Um, sometimes you will think of something just as a natural reaction, but you can thoughtfully take that and go another way. I can think right now about Chick-fil-A <laughs> and uh, and choose to then think about raising canes or something else along that, that sort of route, you know? So you are in control of your thoughts. Um, and it's once again, taking, instead of reacting, uh, taking that time to step back, observe your thoughts and, be a, in a non-biased third party to yourself and reflect and say, what is that thought that I just had? And what does that mean for me? And how might I react if I'm having that thought? And then what we call in counseling world, which is the world that I came from, uh, what we would do then is, okay, can we then take control of this thought that we just observed and we just observed that that's probably not entirely based off of truth. That's probably not helpful or very nice to us. Um, let's reframe that and hmm. choose the words that we, uh, would find more helpful that we would find kinder to ourselves that would be more rooted in uh, actual reality and truth. So the thought that I was having was there's probably just not as much opportunity out there. Um, is that true? Uh, so, depends what area of opportunity you're looking at. There is some data to support that our generations aren't getting as much financial opportunity as previous generations before. So, so maybe it's partially true, but is that really helpful that I'm thinking that way? Uh, no, because I'm not going to do anything <laughs> if I no, I can't help it. You know, it's a third party out there. There's just not as much opportunity as there used to be. So I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to sulk about it. Um, and is that kind? Um, 
maybe it's a little bit kind in that I'm thinking, well, obviously, like I'm entitled to opportunity. So there just happens to like, <laughs> like there must not be much opportunity out there because if there was, I would be the one to get it. So maybe I'm there was a little... nobody's getting it. <laughs> exactly. So maybe that was a little kind to myself. Um, not a truthful kind way, but that definitely wasn't based off of reality at all but once i've observed that um i started to challenge that mindset and say like okay i keep thinking this thing i've observed that is that true and that's what has taken me down this rabbit hole of learned opportunity is uh trying to fi find out is that true is there as much opportunity as there used to be or could i actually do something about it and that has been extremely helpful and that I changed that mindset from there, this is an outside thing that there's nothing that I can do for for myself at all in this to I'm noticing these trends and I'm noticing I'm thinking this way. Let me look into this more. Let me think about it and see if there is something that I can do. Um, and it so happens that I now believe that, yes, there's plenty of opportunity out there, but maybe more opportunity than there has ever been in history uh, for us to uh, match our options and our values. Uh, we just have way more options <laughs> than anybody ever has, which might actually limit your opportunities in another way, too. Um, but that's kind of the, the journey of my own mindset, of my own limiting beliefs from the beginning of this process to now where there has been fruit there has been things that have happened because instead of passing judgment and just accepting this limiting belief i'm just going to try the next thing i'm going to reframe that and be curious instead of passing judgment um and so we all do this and we do this in multiple areas of our life it's not just job related it's relationships it's it's anything uh, really, uh, it's just being human. Um, but we do have the power to, if we're reflecting, if we're observing ourselves, uh, to ask ourselves these questions and then to reframe it and turn it into something that is way better for us than just accepting these thoughts that randomly come off of emotional reaction into our head. Yeah, the wisdom lives between a reaction and our action that there's mm -hmm. there's a space there and that's where you're able to um, flex your creative muscles and able to uh, actually choose what you're doing to respond victor frankel yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i was like uh i'm pretty sure that's victor frankel but i didn't want to credit him so i appreciate <laughs> yeah. you do know that <laughs> yeah that's victor frankel and uh, a lot of the things about limiting beliefs uh, a book that's been helpful for me on that is uh, John A. Cuff's soundtracks. Hmm. Um, he goes over that process of, uh, I, I just want to say like, is it is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Uh, that's John's words, that's not Daniel, so. Very cool, very cool. Um, we can put a link to that book in the, in the show notes too for anybody that wants to go find it on Audible or buy it or whatever. Yeah, um, very cool. Um, so as we, I mean, I guess you kind of spoke to this a little bit, but as like limiting beliefs came from somewhere, a lot of them, like we, we developed for whatever reasons, some of them showed up as safety mechanisms. Right. And we've kind of morphed those yeah. into, into our lives. And, and now they're no longer safety mechanisms. Now they're just limiting. Um, and so mm -hmm. how, how do we kind of acknowledge that, okay, I've got this limiting belief that there's not as much opportunity as there used to be. And this came from a place of self-preservation, a, a place of self-protection. Uh, that's not a bad place for something to come from. I get why that came from that, but it's no longer serving me. How do we kind of go about putting those beliefs down rather than just carrying it through forever? Yeah, I think that the first step is how do we figure out that we're having these limiting beliefs? Because we can get so stuck in that hmm. too. And so before we can really go about challenging these things, um, we need to figure out how it is that we have to figure out like what they actually are, that they're actually there, that they're present. Because if it's present and on your mind, you can actually do something about it. So I would say that uh, a couple of the ways that uh, I have 
figured out my limiting beliefs have been um, one based off of necessity. Like you said, you do things because they've worked in the past and then you hit a point in your life uh, where it's not working anymore. And uh, you just realize that and y you are forced to make a change. Um, and so you're going to have to battle your limiting beliefs and your mindsets in that moment. Um, and so like, that's just a part of transition that's going to happen naturally in life. And, and so those are the, maybe the easier limiting beliefs to find and to uncover because it's just going to happen to you. I graduated from college and my life's different. It's, I needed to change. I could not be uh, cute college Daniel <laughs> anymore who was an RA and all these other leadership activities and things like that. I couldn't do that anymore. That was not going to work. No one cared. So <laughs> I had to make a change. Um, but the other way that you might be able to discover your, your limiting beliefs that you're having is you just have to have community around you. You have to have people that know you, that care for you, and that will call you out on your crap that will be like, that's not true. <laughs> like, what in the world? I just heard you say that. And like, that's not true. Or like, get over yourself, Daniel. Like, like that's... <laughs> You're not entitled to opportunities for leadership just because some people said that you were a leader in youth group. Like, get over yourself. That would be my wife that would probably tell me that. Um, that's that's a, a real benefit of uh, being married is that that person will tell you how it is a lot of the time. So uh, a recommendation for your own character formation is get married, okay? <laughs> get, married, get married to someone that's able to do those things, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Identify yeah. those. And <laughs> I mean, you will, there will be some formation. Uh, it just might not be the person that you want to be if you just get married to a random person so that that that's a great point Joel. <laughs> but then like too it's just uh people that care for you are not going to let you not be kind to yourself they're going to hear those things and they're going to be kind back and they're going to uh speak truth in your life and um like i said uh you're being formed by those things around you by the people by the media that you're intaking uh, all of these things add up um, and so if you want to be someone that is able to find your, your limiting beliefs a little bit easier, you have to be intentional about the people that you're around. You have to be intentional about the activities that you're doing. Um, and it'll be more likely to, to unearth. Um, the third might be practicing mindfulness activities. So meditation, journaling, uh, breathing exercises, going to counseling, uh, things like that. Um, if you just feel off, but you're not able to, to recognize it, that's a, another piece of community that might be helpful is finding somebody that's in an official way going to be able to help you through that process through counseling or other uh, more professional help. So um, off the top of my head, those would be, I guess, my suggestions for, for finding out that you have uh, limiting beliefs. And then once you find out that you have limiting beliefs going through that whole John A. Cuff mechanism of, is this true? Is this helpful? Is this kind? Observing it and then choosing to change it and challenge that belief and be curious and see whether or not that, that makes the mark. So, Off the top of my head, and he goes and says some of the most profound, really, really solid advice. <laughs> That's really good stuff, Daniel. It's just, uh, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've read a lot and there's probably a bunch of other authors and a bunch of other people that I, uh, have no ability to cite at all. So I, <laughs> I, I want to be able to cite them as well, as well as I can, but it's not uh -huh. annual. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. We are like the summation of the, the people that we spend time with and the, the hobbies that we spend our time doing and the content that we consume. And so even though it's, you know, maybe not all things that you've come up with originally, like it's still valuable. Like you are a product of, of the things that you think about and the things that you come from. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts or questions, text us at 503-893-2664. Now back to the show. I want to be respectful of time and, you know, kind of wrap up soonish. Um, before we do that, I have a couple of maybe briefer things that I wanted to hit. So number one, I know that you've done a lot of reading. I know that you've done a lot of, um, thinking about books and, and that sort of thing. Do you have um, 
some top books that you would recommend or books that you give as gifts a lot or books that you come back to and read more than once? Um, yeah, I think the the one book that I've given as a gift, I I'm maybe haven't given a whole lot, um, but the one I keep coming back to and that I always uh, recommend for people is John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, it's, it's a book about formation. It's, it's Christian spiritual formation focused. Um, but there's just so much truth hmm. to in there about uh, being formed in something. And like, I've talked about, like, you're going to be formed into someone, no matter, uh, you're, you're being intentional about it or not. Um, and so I think that John Mark Comer's ruthless elimination of hurry helped me to, to start seeing that. And I would recommend that. Uh, to other people and uh very much so and uh i also just like any of his other books too like live no lies um and things um some podcasts that i typically listen to Uh, i listen to john acuff a lot um all takes is a goal his podcast i listen to um leadership podcasts like gary newhoff's and uh, uh i listen to even like just different subject matters like financial podcasts like uh ramit Sati, oh. uh, I will teach you to be rich. Yeah, things like those are just. Uh, it, it goes and extends past just like uh, this is financial advice, but his is very much uh, limiting beliefs within uh, like our finances and how that that plays and uh, to our actions and what we do with uh, our our budgets, our money, our resources, and things like that. So. Uh, those are off the top of my mind are some different podcasts and uh, the people that I like to follow, whatever it is that they do. Uh, so John Mark Homer, John A. Cuff, uh, Bob Goffey sort of people. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll include links to those in the in the description and make sure that we've got those kind of um, available for people to kind of pursue more. Um, the other question, Daniel, is where can people find more of you? Yeah, it, I mean, I kind of have a menu on uh, Linktree, and so you can find me on Instagram. My Linktree would be there. My Instagram's at DJ E-C-C-L-E-S, DJ Eccles. Uh, J is my middle initial. I'm not uh, a DJ in any way. Don't book me for your wedding or bar mitzvah. <laughs> um, uh, so that's my Instagram. Uh, my website's DanielEccles.com. All of that would be available at DanielEccles.com. Um and I have an email list uh, from DanielEccles.com, and uh, you'll get updates on different blogs, um, my podcast uh, releases, uh, even sometimes personal information uh, of what I'm up to or the things that I just get excited about. It might be a random thing, but um, it will be personal or professional development related most likely. So. I like it. Um, and we'll make sure to get those linked in the description as well so that, you know, people don't have to farm through and find those online. They'll, they'll be quick and easy links to, to click. <laughs> um, <laughs> <in the server. laughs> yeah. As links should be. As yes. Links should be. Exactly. <laughs> they will be doing their link jobs. They will. They we'll will. Sure. Um, and if no. they're not, you better let That's us know. Also- <laughs> One thing that I did also want to to say is uh, if somebody is just in a a certain life transition or a point where they're questioning their options or questioning what it is that they actually care about, uh, it can be job related or it can be, um, do I want to move somewhere or other things like that? I just have a a course or some coaching that I do called Life Mapping You and that's available on my site and it goes through your options, your values. Uh, and you kind of get a placemat of these are the things that I care about and these are the skills and things that I have um, all in one place. Um, and so that's a lot of fun. I, I really like meeting with people and doing that career coaching with them through that process. So, yeah, that's very cool. I'm sure that would be um, a great, a great use of time and, and resources to go through that. Yeah. Man, maybe I should do that. <laughs> Man, I got to think <laughs> about awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Yeah, I would too. That would be fun. (laughs) 
uh daniel thank you i was just gonna go into a closing so you're good um okay. yeah i very much appreciate you coming on very much appreciate you taking the time always enjoy uh learned opportunity i know i'm on your email list i listen to the podcast it's uh always worth my time and so uh that's something that i know that we've mentioned before but i truly would wholeheartedly recommend uh subscribing listening in following up on that because they are so worth it every time um and just really enjoyable Daniel, you've got a lot of good things to say and uh, are someone that's worthy of, of energy. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, Daniel, I really appreciate you you coming on and have learned a bunch from you. So it's really good to, to meet you this way. And we'll definitely be signing up for your email list <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon here. So Thanks, Jesse. Well, you know, guys, I appreciate that you're creating something here and that you are just putting yourselves out there. I mean, that takes a lot of vulnerability. That takes a lot of energy effort, um, but it, it's a great thing to do. And uh, I always want to support people who are who are putting things out there and are creating instead of consuming. So um, let me know if there's anything else I can do. And uh, yeah, once again, thanks, guys.